The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the strategy and process of building brand loyalty. Joining us is Paula Thomas, who is the host of the Let's Talk Loyalty Podcast, which is an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. Paula publishes content every week to share the latest ideas and marketing insights from loyalty specialists around the world. Yesterday, Paula and I talked about how to define customer loyalties and some of the mechanisms behind loyalty programs. And today we're going to continue the conversation and talk about what drives brand stickiness. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Paula Thomas, the host of the Let's Talk Loyalty podcast. Paula, welcome back to the MarTech podcast. Great to be back with you again today, Ben. Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday we talked about defining loyalty and the difference between customer loyalty and a loyalty program. And we wrapped up talking about some of the different dynamics of loyalty programs when you're giving points or gamification. Uh, They could be subscription models. There's lots of different ways to create a loyalty program. And I think that the end goal here is to retain your customers. That's the business metric that you're looking at. A lot of it has to do not only with the loyalty program, but also the brand. Talk to me about what you think brand stickiness is and how is that different than customer loyalty? Brand stickiness is definitely something that's had a lot more budget, a lot more time, a lot more attention over the years that marketing has existed. So for me, brand stickiness is something that is driven by so many different factors. But actually, I think the emerging field of CX, as I'm sure you're familiar with, or customer experience is probably ultimately to me what drives the stickiness of a brand. So I think in the past, historically, again, we all would have had big TV campaigns or above the line advertising campaigns. But I think customers are a bit jaded now of being spoken to and marketed at. Now, obviously, social media has changed all of that as well. But I love the idea of CX. And I really believe that loyalty marketers are emerging into this field and will probably lead it actually as well in the future. And I think the distinction really is customer experience looks at absolutely everything that I experience from your brand. So not just what you tell me, but also how you behave. Now, how you behave on your pricing strategy. We talked about that yesterday, for example. Do you price differently for new customers versus loyal customers? Also then what happens when I try to connect with you? If I have a question, if I'm confused, 
if I do have loyalty points and it's a pandemic, have you kept them? Have you devalued them? So the entire customer experience to me drives the brand. And really interesting as well, Ben, what fascinated me that the show of mine that has had the most listeners to date was on a very surprising topic. And that topic was the topic of simplicity. So I think there's a whole concept of cognitive overload. It's my favorite buzzword of the day. (laughs) It's funny. I was just about to ask you about this, where just to summarize what you're saying, your brand and brand stickiness is not just the dynamics of are you giving points or is somebody coming back for a transaction? It's how do they feel about the overall experience from everything, every touch point within the customer? You mentioned pricing, right? You mentioned customer experience. You mentioned how responsive is the brand. And to me, when we think about loyalty programs, I actually think that they can be very rewarding, but they can also be dangerous. Because if your loyalty program creates so much complexity, is going to lead to a frustrating customer experience, which makes the brand less sticky. So talk to me about, you mentioned cognitive overload. What does that mean to you? And what are some of the risks of actually making your loyalty programs too complicated? It's a huge risk, Ben. And you've reminded me actually of the title of my favorite business book. And I won't say the book was my favorite, but the title was my favorite because it really encapsulated exactly what we're talking about. And it's a book from 20 years ago when the internet was literally just invented or just being, let's say, consumerized. And it was called Don't Make Me Think. And the minute I saw that title, I don't know about you, Ben, but I felt just a huge sense of relief. I was like, oh, thank goodness somebody gets it. I also remember having the exact same experience when I first saw Google, because again, I have been in digital marketing long enough to remember before Google. But now the concept of simplicity and brand valuation has actually been measured and proven. So I really think that there is an inherent complexity around something like points. So what is the purpose of a loyalty program if the customer isn't willing to do the maths and figure out exactly what is it I'm getting out of this exchange? So as I was just mentioning, my most listened to show is on the concept of simplicity. And I fundamentally believe that if you can simplify everything down, your customers will just have that sense of relief and they will value and appreciate your brand because you're being respectful of their mindset. And that idea of cognitive overload, I bet every one of your listeners has experienced it. So talk to me about finding the balance between launching a customer loyalty program that has value in the eyes of the customer, that you know drives loyalty, develops brand stickiness, but isn't something that is complex. I think there's a couple of aspects to it, Ben. So the proposition, I think, is what you're asking about in the initial instance. So what are we actually offering to the customer? I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of instant gratification. And I think that's something that works extremely well. Yeah, I have a Twitter account. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's basically what the whole platform is built on. Ooh, something new. (laughs) My favorite statistic about Twitter, actually, I believe, and feel free to be proven wrong, but... I believe that Twitter have never spent a dollar on actually marketing money. So all of their marketing has been done by word of mouth. Their community has built their business for them. So for me, there absolutely is an inherent feasibility, let's say, where if you build something that's good enough, you'll never have to spend a marketing dollar or build a loyalty program. I don't know. Wasn't there a Twitter Super Bowl ad? I feel like they've done some television advertising, brand advertising. 
I'd love to be proven wrong, but certainly I know for many of their first years in business, they did not spend marketing money. Now, interestingly, they've just launched a subscription product. So to our conversation yesterday, they do need to obviously drive a bit more business value for the shareholders. So a lot has changed there. But yeah, there's so much inherently within this. You know, I've talked about the, the simplicity piece. So we've talked about instant gratification. We've talked about things like referrals, which is what I was referring to there. So the approach I would typically take and advise people, Ben, is start with something that's the same for all of your customers, but at the same time, spend an awful lot of time and attention gathering the data so that you know who to spend your money on. It's really fascinating to me that the Pareto principle is proven over and over and over again. So 80% of your revenue will come from 20% of your customers. These are the customers where you spend your budget. So I think what you can do with a well-designed loyalty program is have a consistent year-round transactional reward, as I would call it. And that's an important topic I want to discuss as well. But then for premium tiers or people who are being loyal to the business, you then really make sure that you're super loyal to them. And that might be something as simple. One of my favorite examples, Ben, was I was working with British Airways for many years and we had a hotline for the gold card holders. So you can imagine, obviously, calling any call center. We all know and we all kind of dread it. So the speed of service for a higher tier of customer is a differentiating factor. So I think that's something that as soon as you say to customers, here's your exclusive number, that builds loyalty in a way that no points ever could do. So it's important to balance the transactional loyalty and what we would term emotional loyalty, because there's lots of different ways to earn the customer's allegiance, as I often sometimes refer to it. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. 
one of the things that I was thinking about in my business and one of the ways we try to keep the people that work on our team happy is that we find excuses to give bonuses. Oh, nice. <laughs> and this is, a, you know, more of an employee loyalty or a, you know freelancer loyalty strategy than anything else. And honestly, it's truly a way of showing appreciation for the work that the team is doing. But instead of saying, well, every quarter you're going to get a bonus if we hit our sales goal. And that's may or may not be something tied to what, you know, the writer of our content is working on. Hello, Sherry. <laughs> the thought process there is when somebody does a good job, I reserve the right to reward them in real time on the spot, but I'm not going to make a commitment to doing it because I feel like there is an element of surprise and delight that when it's not frequent or predictable, then it's more of a surprise. Totally. I guess the question for me is when you think about a loyalty program, is it better to say, well, every Tuesday you're going to get a bonus free coffee when you come into Panera Bread, or, you know, whatever it is, and it's you're filling the queue on Tuesday, or is it better to just randomly send a, here's a coupon for a free sandwich because we value you as a customer? You would be a brilliant loyalty marketer, Ben. Honestly, you've got a really good understanding of exactly what's important. So it's exactly the balance of the two. There has to be a sense of fair value exchange. So definitely there has to be an element of predictability. So if I'm loyal to this brand, it's going to be loyal to me and we both win. So that's absolutely a given. But to me, some of the most undervalued and underutilized techniques are around two things. One is saying thank you. And the other is saying happy birthday. And this to me is still extraordinary in this day and age. So we all have a birthday. It's not complicated. And every loyalty program that you join guaranteed will ask you your date of birth. But what my experience is, Ben, is they capture the date of birth for their own segmentation and profiling, but often forget then, well, now you've set an expectation, at least for me. <laughs> and anybody else who's had a nice birthday gift from a brand on their birthday. And it doesn't have to be an expensive gift, but I was talking recently about a brilliant program. I live in the Middle East, as you know, and one of our most recent programs on literally my birthday, I got lots of coupons and people saying, you know, come and spend money with us. But one particular coalition program literally sent me a voucher for a coffee and a cake in a small local cafe. And to me, that's something that then became an experience because I went with my husband and we had a lovely time and I was absolutely thrilled. So that's something that I think is a really good example of, first of all, if you're going to capture data, make sure you use it. And secondly, make it an emotional experience. And yes, that's a particularly good example. Well, I remember from year to year, but surprise and delight is something we love to do. But I don't think you can build a loyalty program saying you might get a reward at some point. Not to argue with you, you're the expert in the field, but you know, I sign up for AT&T as a cell phone provider. I don't want them to email me or text me on my birthday. Leave me alone. You're my cell phone provider. I don't care what your loyalty program is on my birthday. But there are milestones that might be relevant where it's like you've downloaded your one millionth bit of data with us. You know, here's whatever it is. You know, like I think your birthday is like, that's great for some brands that you have a high affinity for. And they're more the kind of jovial consumer, joyous lifestyle. brands, lifestyle brands, great way to put it, as opposed to a transactional service. I don't want to hear from PG&E, my electricity provider on my birthday. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, their gift to me is to not be seen. <laughs> that's mostly on my birthday. 
I'm happy to be challenged, Ben. But I remember distinctly, and it mightn't be birthday, I use that one purely because it's the most obvious one and because it's underutilized and not overutilized. So contradict me if you are getting loads of birthday communications that you're having to bat back, but I don't think that's happening. But what I do think is happening is the thank you piece. So when I started with that telecommunications company and I was talking socially with some friends of mine, I distinctly remember somebody saying to me, I've been a customer of that brand for 10 years. They've never even said thank you. So what are you talking about partnerships? Let's get the basics here. So I think sometimes we overcomplicate professional loyalty and we take it away from the human loyalty. So how would you build a relationship with your friends and family? Well, actually, you know, if you've been together 10 years, if it is your anniversary, and you've celebrated, I don't know, a million breakfasts, lunches, or who knows what the metric might be on a personal level. But do you take my point about the principle of building a relationship has to be more considered than do this and you get that? I'll use the relationship model as another one. You know, your first anniversary is something you really celebrate. Sure. And then your second and your third and your fourth and your fifth or so, you celebrate those a lot. And, you know, when you get to your 46th, <laughs> I'm not there yet. I hope to get there someday. You know, maybe you get a cupcake. Maybe you say happy anniversary. I don't think you're going out and throwing a party and you're definitely not planning a vacation like you did when you were 27 years old and you just met each other. So loyalty changes over time as well. You know, when you build a more sophisticated relationship with a person, you still need to say thank you, obviously, but maybe that thank you is in a different way and your, your relationship matures. Do you see that happening with brands as well? Well, I definitely think it's a great point, Ben, because I do think creativity is becoming an increasingly important part of loyalty programs. So absolutely to your point, we're all a little bit jaded. We've had wallets stuffed full of cards. So for example, in the US, the latest research I saw was 16 memberships on average. And again, all in digital form now, but only active in seven. So there's a huge issue with a lack of engagement in loyalty programs. So to me, like I've seen the more evolved brands, certainly Walgreens, for example, I was looking at recently, definitely have an entire campaign around thanking their customers and really just showing up for them and acknowledging how grateful they are. But you're right, it has to evolve, it has to move on. And that's what this industry, that's what I love about it. There's no such thing as the same thing happening, you know, day in, year in, year out. And then actually you've reminded me of a really nice campaign, which is not a loyalty program, but just a concept that McDonald's tried again there. I think it was just two years ago. It was a three-day campaign, but with this concept of pay it forward. So what they did was they produced McCafe gift cards, which are the plastic swipe cards, so very low tech. And they put unlimited coffees on them for three days. And then they distributed them. And actually, it was a tiny quantity, like a thousand cards. But with a TV campaign, which said, if you're lucky enough to get one of these cards, make sure to use it and then pass it on. So to me, that was, first of all, a lovely brand message to your point about brand affinity earlier. But also, I'm sure there were plenty of people who did feel very good about passing on the card to somebody because that hadn't been done before. So it was extremely nice, very thoughtful, easy to manage from a budget perspective, just be, by virtue of the three-day definition. And of course, now McDonald's there in the US is launching a nationwide loyalty program for their whole brand. So I think they've been testing and learning and launching some incredibly exciting propositions. I feel like there's a partnership there with Purell, the antibacterial gel brand that when you get that loyalty card, 
that's been passed through a thousand people that went to McDonald's. You get to, you know, give it one of the, the spritzer. Yeah, sorry, I'm still in the COVID <laughs> mindset. I might be scarred for the next year. Anyway, Paula, <laughs> fascinating stuff. It's really interesting to hear about the specialization of loyalty. Before we let you go, tell everybody about the podcast. Where can they go get it? What's the format of the show? Anybody that's interested in learning more from you and about loyalty. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that, Ben. So I release actually two shows a week now. One is a short format show, which is five minutes. It's a summary of an old interview where I recapture and summarize all of the key points. And then every Thursday is my main show. So like this format, I actually just sit down and I talk to brand marketeers who specialize in loyalty and are doing great work. I call them the rock stars of loyalty and I love talking to them. So it's available on all podcast channels, as you would expect, on Apple, on Spotify. And obviously my own website is just letstalkloyalty.com. And yeah, I'd love people to tune in and listen. All right, Paula, it's been a pleasure to have you as our guest. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you so much, Ben. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Paula Thomas, the host of the Let's Talk Loyalty podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Paula, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Paula Thomas, P-A-U-L-A-T-H-O-M-A-S. Or you could visit her website, which is letstalkloyalty.com. It's L-E-T-S, letstalkloyalty.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.